What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, August 28th, 2017. You guys are listening to episode number 320. Um, I just got back from vacation, everybody. That's right. That's why this one is uh, late. But uh, what can you do? I cannot do a podcast from the beach. And uh, now I'm home. So you will get this one. You will also get an extra Patreon for you Patreon subscribers. Got some funny uh, funny stories and some cool stuff that happened on the uh, vacation. I will catch you guys up on everything. I hope everybody had a good time in between shows. I hope everybody is as rested. Um, actually, I'm not that rested, to be honest with you. Because even when you go on vacation with a 5-year-old and an 8-year-old and a wife and your family comes and visits, uh, everybody's up early. Because my family likes coffee and breakfast first thing in the morning, everybody. Yeah. Um, but we're going to talk about all that stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. The the surging Yankees now. The uh, the McGregor-Mayweather fight. Uh, we'll talk about that. We will talk about... Um, We'll just talk about a lot of stuff, guys. Being at the beach, the vacation, getting back to New York. So much stuff to talk about on this uh, episode 320, catching everybody up. So uh, sit back, relax, wherever you may be, in your car, in your cubicle, at your whatever, your home office, all right? Sitting there at the gym, running on a treadmill right now, trying to act like it's not awkward that you're on some machine running just to lose weight. It's weird looking at a TV in some sweaty fucking gym with other strangers around you. They're running. Uh, Wherever you are listening to this 320, sit back and relax. But first, of course, before I get into the episode, guys, uh, the Verzi Effect Podcast has to shout out the sponsors. Uh, Chassis, everybody. Chassis for men. Premium uh, powder for men. Or should I say man care for down there? That's right, guys. It is the greatest. Uh, I guess you could say ball powder there is. That's what it's for. It's for your man parts to stay dry. And uh, Chassis does one of the... Actually, not even one of. The greatest job ever. Uh, I can't even believe... Uh, how good the product is. It is a premium body powder that contains no uh, parabens, no talc, no menthol, no aluminum, nothing bad is in uh, this unbelievable powder which uh, prevents odor, which prevents chafing. It's just an amazing, amazing product. Uh, chassis for men, you could get the powder. I have uh, all of their products, the the shower, primer, the lotion, everything. Uh, it really is amazing. And a lot of people have been reaching out to me. Um, a lot of people have been reaching out to me and telling me that, uh, thank you so much. I got uh, chassis and my balls have never been better. I've, you know, it's a game changer. It really is, guys. Like, do yourself a favor. I mean, I know I joke on it in the ads, but I can honestly tell you that um, when you get out of the shower and you dry yourself off, if you take this uh, unbelievable powder and, uh, you know, you put it downstairs and uh, you will have a, a different life. Uh, like I said, the ball game is over. Uh, chat, you could get it at chassisformen.com. You could also get it at um, Amazon. 
So, uh, yes, Chassis, C-H-A-S-S-I-S, Chassis for Men, and get it, um, yeah, get it, get it today, and, uh, and then thank me, uh, later, okay, because they, uh, they do an amazing job, and, uh, and they're great people, and shout out to, uh, to Ben and his brother and, and his wife and all, everybody that from Chassis that came out to my special. It was awesome that they came out there and um, I just love the product. So uh, check it out. It will do wonders for you like it did for me. Also, City Living Dog, guys. City Living Dog. Check out Coach Mike. Check out his Facebook Live videos. Check out his YouTube channel. Check out all of his social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that stuff. Uh, Coach Mike is an amazing dog trainer in the New England area, and he's been helping uh, dogs for almost 18 years now, helping families with their dogs and uh, helping uh, Versi Effect listeners too. So please check him out. Uh, you can go to City Living Dog. Uh, you know what? Google City Living Dog. Check him out. You'll see all that stuff. And of course, guys, All Things Comedy. Go to All Things Comedy um, for your favorite podcasts such as the Versi Effect and many, 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 many others of your uh, favorite comedians' podcasts are on there. They do an amazing job. They have a record label. Uh, they did an amazing job with my uh, album. And uh, they just produced their first stand-up uh, special, which was uh, mine. The Paul Verzi special was done by All Things Comedy. And um, they did an amazing job. So check them out. You can follow them at Twitter at All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com. Uh, I will give you guys a little teaser, a little teaser here, and I will tell you this. Um, it's very hard for a performer, myself included, uh, you know, big time. I, I think I might have mentioned this before. Um, but to, to watch yourself do stand-up, to watch yourself um, tell a story, it's just kind of uncomfortable, you know. I do it for... You know, it's show business for a reason, to show other people, not really yourself, you know. And me, I'm really uncomfortable with it. And, uh, like, I, you know, listening to my album is not something that I really did. I just kind of put out the product. I, You know, I don't listen back even to my podcasts. So when you guys listen to this podcast, I it's not like I listened to it and reviewed it. I kind of do it. I don't, like, do a double take all the time. The only time I stopped the podcast or would edit anything is if I started talking and telling you guys something right now, you know, and Lloyd just started barking like crazy or my kids needed something. Then I stop it or I'll go back and start over at that point. But I rarely do that. I don't like listening to the podcast. Uh, I don't like listening to my album. I don't like listening to my comedy. I don't, it's just not, it's just a weird thing. Um, however, that said, I did get a, um, email from the director and producer of my special and uh, I am seeing like these small clips and I'm seeing how it looked and I'm seeing backstage and I'm seeing some things and uh, we were blown away uh, of how this looks and uh, um, it got me really excited and um, hopefully everybody's going to be seeing it um, you know soon I obviously can't make announcements when and there's a lot of things that's going on behind the scenes things that are out of my control my job with it is obviously done but um, really excited for it so uh, I could tell you it looks amazing I think the people that were sitting in the crowds that night will uh, will really love it I think everybody uh, they'll love it just to be like wow man I was there because that's how amazing it looks and and I think everybody watching it 
Um, hoping, knock on wood, everybody will uh, will enjoy it because it was a lot of hard work, and I could promise you I left it all on the stage that night, but it looks great. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about that, and, and I thank you again, and shout out to All Things Comedy. Now, let's get into the show, everybody. You guys are listening to TVE episode 320. I got back from my amazing vacation, which we do every year. Um, and all I thought was this week as, I mean, this, this year's week down at the shore, down in LBI needs to, needs to be better than, than last year, because last year I was in a bad place. As you guys know, mentally, I was not in a good place. I was not in a good way. And I, I kind of struggled through the vacation to get through it. And, uh, this year I'm better this year. A lot of stuff was off my plate and I was able to just relax with my family Oh my God, such a great time, amazing, just laying on the beach for four or five hours a day, having a couple of pops, didn't smoke too many sticks, saw a lot of fatties, by the way, this is one thing that I got to talk about, okay, and it's not my unacceptable, because my unacceptable is something that kind of bothers me, but I don't know if it was necessarily the restaurant's fault because the waitress was new, but I'll get into that, I'll get into that after. Um, the lines at ice cream places on vacation are unbelievable. Like to the point where there was a line, like you would have thought like the new hottest movie was playing. That's how crazy it was just unbelievable. The amount of, of people online to get an ice cream cone, a waffle cone, a cup of ice cream. It's just, and I got to be honest, ice cream doesn't make, does ice cream make you that happy? First of all, now, um, now that, um, you know, getting a little older in my thirties, I'm like lactose intolerant and my son is lactose intolerant, but you know, so if I eat ice cream, my stomach, it's like somebody stabbing my stomach. It kills me. Um, I did a couple of times and I did wait on a 25 minute line for ice cream with my family this year. So I don't, I don't want to act like I didn't do it. But every night, seeing lines and lines of people. Now, this ice cream shop down there has been there since like 1978. But just the amount of, it really does show like why we just, how bad we eat and how fat we are as a nation. Because if you're going to wait online, think about this for a second, okay? A lot of the ice cream that you're eating now that you go to when you go to a a shop or like a mom and pop, a lot of it is stuff that you can get the same quality, if not better, from the supermarket, okay? You could go and you could get Breyers. You could go, I think some places even sell like the Haagen-Dazs. You can get the Friendlies. You can get the Turkey Hill. You could get the, what is it, Blue Bunny or whatever, whatever it is. You could get high quality ice cream at a supermarket, okay? Even on vacation, you know. It, let's just say you were like, ah, you know what? I want, you know, uh, you know, my my wife gets the raspberry one, the the black raspberry, whatever it is. The, um, you know, I like sometimes I'll go with like mint or chocolate. My kids chocolate vanilla. You can literally just drive in. Somebody can pull up. This family stays in the car. You go in. You get the flavors you want. You go back to where you're staying, okay, and you could eat ice cream. And that's going to take you five to ten minutes. Now, you could say, well, the experience. What experience? 
waiting on a nightclub line, waiting on a nightclub line to get a fucking pistachio cone and sit there and take a half hour of your night, maybe, maybe more. There was a line. You should have saw the line at this place. And then you go, all right, forget this place. Let's go to another place. You go to another place. There's a line out the door. You're like, oh, there's a, there's a King Cone or whatever, uh, a Dairy King or whatever the hell. Lines, lines. Then you go down and it's this whole strip on this island at the shore. You would be like, like it's, I've never seen anything like that. It was like beyond me. And I'm going, all right, is this just a vacation thing? Are these people doing this as a tradition? How many people? I could not believe it. And we, like I said, we waited one, but I just could not believe the amount of people waiting online as if they're getting on a ride at Six Flags Great Adventure to get a couple of scoops of, of, of cream. I just, I can't, it was really unbelievable. And it really let me know why we are as fat as we are, why Americans just love tasting shit. We really do. Like, we really love to just blow our taste buds' minds. That's what we want to do. We want to bite something, and we want to just go, what? You got to taste. You got to... It's such a big part of it. And I get that, man. I love it. I love it, too. But not to the point where I'm waiting, like, a quarter of a movie to get an ice cream cone. I mean, I'm just... I just can't do that. Especially when... Like, if I wanted ice cream that bad to the point where I would wait 30 minutes... I would just go to a thing and, and, and I would just go to a supermarket and get it. And then you see the fatties on the beach. And I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But some people that were really heavy, they kind of wore what they needed to wear. One piece, a gown, you know, wrap a, you know, wrap a, a dinner cloth around them. They, they did it right. But then you got the ones that were like, there was this girl with like, a, I mean, this chick had a like this chick was probably like, you know, 260 pounds or 250 pounds, just a baseball manager gut hanging over the, the bikini bottom and then a two piece and then a piece uh, on top. And you're just like, what are you like when you're putting that on? Right. And you like, you know, you throw the top piece on and then you just put the bottom and you just see the gut hanging out. Like, how are you like, all right, let's do this. I just don't understand I don't understand that, but whatever. Everybody had a everybody had a good time at the beach. And again, I'm not trying to judge anybody. I don't look like an Adonis in a bathing suit. I don't look I don't think I look gross, but I'm not all toned up, you know? But if I did have like a giant like there's a certain point where you go, "All right, man, I'm a, this is a t-shirt. I need a t-shirt." <laughs> there's, there's a certain point where your body gets to a place where when you're in public and there's people shirtless by a pool or a beach, you know if it's okay and suitable for you to do the same. Or if you're like, hey, you know what, I need to sit this year out. I need to get something on top and I need to get my shit together. You know that. But the beach was great. The boogie boarding was great. We, we had such a good time. Um, just such a, I don't know, man. It was just something about... Waking up, eating breakfast, getting coffee, and then knowing you're going to lie on a beach the rest of the day. Like, it's just, there's something incredible about just, oh man, 
And I got to tell you something. Um, I'm not a big Jersey guy. You guys know that. Um, there's been many jokes about that. But um, I got to tell you, the Jersey Shore, certain places, certain parts, you know, LBI specifically, is really one of the most amazing vacations for families. You know, Ray Romano was actually talking about it on Jimmy Kimmel. I couldn't believe it. Um, so if you guys want to know where we go, um, you could Google uh, Ray Romano on Jimmy Kimmel talking about his vacation. And he says, yeah, he goes, even when we had the show, everybody loves Raymond. And we lived in Los Angeles. We flew the family back and we went to the, we went to LBI in Jersey. Uh, and it was amazing. We went on a boat out there. Shout out to, um, my wife's coworker, Mark, such a nice guy came and he picked us up on Sunday on a boat and we went out, we did a little fishing. We ate lunch out there. Um, the only thing is those, those, those beach flies, those beach flies hurt, man. They bite the shit out of your ankles. And like one day, I guess it comes in, there's a wind that comes in from the bay and it brings the flies over to the beach and like people were just leaving. And it was, luckily it was only one day, but, um, you know, those flies are crazy out there. That was the one thing that like, that was the only thing that sucked is one day there were flies everywhere. And my wife was so upset about it because, you know, this is a vacation we look forward to every year. She's like, no, this can't happen. This is not happening on my vacation. It was so funny how my wife was acting like she was going to change the fly situation just because it was her vacation. Like she was going to go somewhere. She's going to have a meeting with the flies and be like, look, not, not, not this week. Okay. We had great dinners, uh, a lot of waits for the dinners. The last two nights we were there, we went to an amazing restaurant. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was, um, oh my God, this was so funny. This was so funny. So, um, every year we go down to, we go down to this vacation. My, my mother and my stepfather and one or two of my siblings come down and they hang out for a day or two when we get the house. So we get the house down by the ocean and, you know, family usually comes. The, the place could sleep a lot of people. And the kids love having the family around. It's just a nice thing. So we're like, oh, you know, grandparents will come in a couple of nights, you know, two, three nights. My siblings will come in. So we do this. And um, one thing that my stepfather and I started to do was uh, jet ski, wave run, you know. And uh, two years ago, was it two years ago? Yeah, last year we did, we rented a crabbing boat which uh, ended up being a disaster because you're going out in fucking three feet of water and they got like legless, you know, crabs around that everybody just throws back. It's it's almost like a, it's, it's like the rejects of the crab area. Um, no, I shouldn't say that. We went on a pontoon boat. It was okay, but we only caught one crab. It didn't have a leg or it was missing a leg. My stepfather, my stepfather is so funny about shit like this. Like he's like one of those over the top animal. I shouldn't say over-the-top animal people, but he's one of those, like, you know, he's like, oh, man, the crab was looking up at me, man. I can't drop it in boiling water. And I'm like, I don't know if he was looking up at you. Uh, but <laughs> so two years ago was the first year that I was like, hey, man, do you want to go on a jet ski? You want to go wave running? I was like, I did it in the, you know, when we went to the, uh, the Caribbean and it was amazing. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. So we go out there, we do it for a half hour, which is plenty of time. And, you know, he's getting like a little bolder with it. And he was like, oh, that was cool. And then this year we go and I'm like, hey, man, let's do it again. And he goes, great, let's do it again. 
Now, second time only, and he's kind of like a daring, like, you know, he kind of goes a little hard, goes a little far with, you know, things like that, you know, like, so we get on this, <laughs> we get on these wave runners, and the guy's telling us, he's like, all right, man, look, you know, if you guys haven't been there, the ignition is attached to your wrist, so if you fly off the thing, the 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 engine and the machine just, just cuts out, and you climb back on, you put the key back in the ignition, obviously, and you go, so he's telling us all this thing. He's like, all right, he's like, this one is really fast. He's like, this one goes like to the mid fifties. It's really, really fast. He's like, this one's okay. It gets to like 40 something, uh, almost 50. So I take the slower one. Cause I, I, you know, whatever, that's just the way it was. My stepfather gets on the, on this fast one. You start out like slowly, you know, getting off the dock in the bay and then you kind of fly out. Like once you get past a certain buoy, they're like, you fly out and they give you your area to go <laughs> right now you don't really see too many people or like you try to recognize people. When we first got out there, there was a lot of people on them. So it was like, you had to really be careful about where you were going. But then as time went by, people went in. And at one point it's just me and my stepfather. I am not exaggerating when I tell you, I look over, I'm his second time ever, second time. And he's opens up, he opens up and I could tell he must've been, he was flying. Right. And I'm just smiling. Now me, I don't give a shit about that. Like, I mean, I want to go fast and feel the freedom of the, of the, of the machine and have a good time, you know, with it. But I'm just like, I'm just trying to have a good time. I'm trying to, you know, you know, open it up a little bit, have fun, do some cool turns, nothing crazy. I'm just enjoying it. I look at him. He's got, (laughs) he's got this thing maxed out. And I, I remember I just start laughing. Because I know he's like, he's like, I'm getting all of my money's worth on this. And it was really choppy. So the wave runs just smacking into waves. And like, sometimes it hurt. Like you were just physically like, it's like bang, bang, you know, and you had to turn and stuff. So then I look over at him. He's doing this thing where he's speeding up and then he's doing 360s, right? To the point where he, he went so fast. Then he just turns, like, it's it's basically like if you were in a car, just, and you started flying in a car, and you're like, oh, let's try to flip this thing, and then you just put the e-brake on, or you just turned as hard left as you could to see if the car's gonna flip. He's just flying, and he does it, and I see him doing these 360s, and all this white water is splashing around him, to, where, to the point where I'm like, he definitely fell off. There's no way he didn't fall off. And sure enough, I look, and he gets out of it, and he he, he doesn't fall off, and he keeps doing it. Then I watch him again, and one time he's just flying, and I'm laughing so hard. He's got the thing maxed out. His hair is flying back, <laughs> and the thing is, when you go fast on these things, water is flying, like salt water just flying in your face and your eyes. It burns, but it's really fun, but he's just whipping down, and I see him just turn, and he just spins, and he's just the whole machine just starts spinning, and this huge like waves of, of, of like the, the, the splash is hitting him. And I'm like, oh man. And then it just slowed down. I go, he fell off. There's no way he didn't fall off. And then sure enough, he, he didn't fall off. And he just comes out of it and he starts flying. And I'm laughing because this guy looked like a fucking 25-year vet. He looked like an instructor who had no students. And they were just like, hey man, go have fun. Like he looked like he knew what he was doing. To the point where I'm going now, dude, you need to step up your game a little bit. Like, I'm not trying to fall off. I'm not trying to. So then towards the end, as I was in the bay, I would like turn it 
And then like as I was turning, I would just punch the, the throttle and I would just like make this sick turn. And it was, I got to tell you, it was so much fun. Um, you know, it was just so funny to watch him take it to the, really take it to the max. And afterwards I was like, dude, you were going nuts on that thing. And he, he just goes, yeah, man, I'm not going to lie. Cause I got a little scared at one point. I got a little scared. He goes, I, I, I was afraid for my life at one point. I was like, yeah, you just got to calm down a little bit, dude. But, uh, we had a lot of fun and we're going to make it a tradition out there to, uh, to go to LBI every year and just do it. Cause you know what? You don't need to do an hour. By the way, don't do an hour. You don't need to. I mean, unless you love it that much, it's just a lot. After 15, 20 minutes, you're like, all right, you know, there's 10 more minutes left. We're going to have a little fun, you know, open it up a little bit, but a half hour is fine. But I promise you guys this, you owe it to yourself. If you've never been on a wave runner, jet ski, anything like that, it is one of the most free, fun, just fun things to do on the water. It's fast. It's exciting. Um, it's yeah. And by the way, 50 miles an hour on the water. Uh, I think I talked about it last year. You feel like you're going, you just are flying. You are flying. If you're going 50 miles an hour on a wave runner, you are flying through like it, it's awesome. So, um, we did that. We did not get out to fish, which I want to do next year. Next year, I want to go on a fishing boat. Next year, we're going to get a, you know, we want to get a bigger house on the ocean. But um, that's one thing that, that I, I mean, I don't want to say this. Actually, they're not going to listen to the podcast. One unacceptable thing. I guess there were two. I'll give it, I'll give it the two. I had two unacceptables for this one. All right. The house we stayed at was definitely clean it was it was nice it was spacious but i feel like they could have like the furniture in there like it seemed like they were a little lazy with the couches it just seemed like uh yeah you know vacation people we'll get them in and get them out. it just wasn't and that that just made me realize you know i'm spending more money next year like we're spending more we have family come out we're going big we're going big it's one week out of the year. You got to have bigger and better couches. You got to just have, you know, I didn't, I know I'm not trying to be picky. I'm not trying to be a prima donna, but the painting, like the paint on the walls sucked. The doors were kind of sucked. It was just like, you know, it just needed a little bit more luxury. And maybe I am being a prima donna. You know what? I like a little luxury. I, I Next year, we're going a little better, going a little bigger, going a little better. I thought the house could have been a little a little nicer um, and and a little remodeled a little bit. You got to have that when you go out there. Uh, here's my unacceptable for the week, everybody. Uh, my unacceptable for the week is a restaurant where we love to go to this one restaurant down there. I'm not going to mention names, you know, but we love to go to this one restaurant down there. Okay, we go every year. This year we went twice and it's great. Now we get there. And the bill is less than we thought because uh, unbeknownst to us, kids eat free before 6.30. And I guess you have to get your order in before 6.30. We had no idea. We don't care about that. Kids meals, we don't care. You know, the, the menu for kids is very limited, right? You get mac and cheese. You get, um, what do you get? Yeah, they get, what do they get? Mac and cheese, pizza, pasta chicken fingers, sometimes fish sticks, but not really. I mean, the kids don't have a, a, a big choice when it comes to eating. And I could honestly give a fuck less 
about what I pay for dinner with, with my kids. I don't care. But it just happened to be a nice surprise where they were like, oh, by the way, kids, eat oh, that's nice. So we go one other night uh, because my mother wanted a, a certain seafood dish. So, okay, mom's here. She wants to go there. We're going to go where mom wants to go. And we like the place too. Get there. And all of a sudden, my wife goes, oh, wow, it's only like 6.19. I guess if we get an order and the kids will leave for free again. So we're just like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's nice. Uh, it's a cool little perk for this place. And then time starts going by, and I'm realizing something's wrong here. We don't have our waters, and we're here for like 12 minutes. No waters. Like no waters. We're sitting there, and there's eight of us. And there's no waters. So, okay, so now I'm just kind of like, oh, that's funny. No bread, no water, nothing. Now it's 621. Still nobody's coming. And now I'm going, I'm saying to myself, holy shit, are these people? No. Are these people stalling so the kids don't eat free? Now, I guys, I could care less if I pay for the kids. But I'm going on the principle of, are these people going to make us wait another nine minutes to then say, well, your order came in at 631, kids got to eat, you know, kids eat free. So now I'm like, if these people are doing this, now we're not going to come back here. And then I start looking at the waters not being, like looking at the table with no waters. And I start thinking, waters on here. And I start freaking out now. Now I'm like, now I'm like, these fucking, I'm starting to get, you know, I'm looking around. And uh, my wife, and this is the unacceptable part. This is the unacceptable part. One waitress who's not going to be our waitress walks by. And my wife goes, uh, yeah, is, can, uh, is there, can we get waters or like, we've kind of been here a while. And with an attitude, she goes, oh, your waitress will be right, right with you. And then walks by and like was annoyed that we've been sitting here. I've been here for, I'm a, we're going to spend money here. We just spent a couple of days early. We spent a lot of money here. And she just goes, oh, your waitress will be right with you. It's like, bitch, she should have been with us 10 minutes ago because we've been sitting here for 18 minutes and my kids don't have a water in front of them. You know, it's, it's fucking August. We're hungry, we're thirsty, we're tired, and we're coming to spend easily, easily over $100 in this place, easily. And now there's eight of us, so there's definitely going to be a lot more money than that. And we don't even have waters. And she just unaccepted, just, she was like rude about it. So then my wife looks at me, and my wife doesn't play that shit. She just starts looking at me. She gets red in the face, and I'm going, this is ridiculous. Now I'm like, what time is it? Now now it's like, I'm like, now I'm going to, I'm curious to see. And then finally, before 6.30, waitress comes over. She goes, I'm so sorry, I'm new. And just was fucking up. I'm not going to lie. She, nice, nice enough person, but she, like, shouldn't be in that job. I mean, unless she gets good at it and wants to do it. But she was just one of those people. She didn't know what she was doing. She had no idea what she was doing. You know, and then and then, I think me, my wife, and my stepfather had fajitas. And I was like, you got hot sauce. And she goes, let me go get that. And then five minutes goes by. And she doesn't bring the hot sauce. But she brings everybody else what they asked for. She brought somebody lemon. She brought somebody another water. And then I just go, excuse me, about that a hot sauce. And she goes, oh, I know. I'm so sorry. We ran out. We have no hot sauce. So I say, okay. And then I'm like looking around. And my stepfather, and me, I said to my stepfather, I was like, they must have Tabasco. 
And he goes, yeah, he goes, how can you run out of hot sauce? First of all, people like hot sauce on everything, but if you have fajitas in your establishment, if you're giving people a Mexican, if you're giving people fajitas and I and you sell oysters and oysters have uh, Tabasco sauce. So I'm like, there's no way that this new girl knows what she's doing and there's no way that this place that sells oysters, fajitas, all kinds of things that you would need Tabasco for, there's no way. So then finally I go, I'm, I know you said you didn't have any any hot sauce, but now I'm on my last fucking fajita. I'm on my last fajita. I got half a fajita left of like three big fajitas. I got this sizzling skillet with all kinds of good stuff on it. Red peppers, onions, green peppers, chicken, all this. And I already ate the first two, craving the whole time hot sauce. The whole time I want hot sauce and I'm going, how do you not... And then I go, is it in a Tabasco though? And she goes, let me check. And then she comes back to the table with a whole full Tabasco sauce saying sorry. And I'm like, all right. Like, and she was nice. And that's the thing. When somebody's nice, I can't be a dick. Like she wasn't like, she just had this like big smile. She had like a stupid haircut, but she was like goofy. She was like bouncing around like a big kid. What are you going to do? Like, I didn't want to. So... I had to, I put Tabasco on the extra vegetables and chicken. I eat half of my fajita with the hot sauce. And it was just a shitty kind of experience. But the unacceptable part was waiting so long for everything. But mainly the attitude of the waitress. Of the other waitress. And then we get Mrs. Nice Person. Who doesn't know what the fuck she's doing? So... That was, uh... That was an unacceptable... That was kind of an unacceptable, uh... That was the only unacceptable of the, of the place. Uh, and, and I would say the amount of people that waited online for ice cream, for regular ice cream, is was, was a little nuts. But other than that, what can you say about being with the people you love the most uh, next to an ocean for seven or eight days, laying in the sun, uh, eating amazing food? I had incredible scallops. I had amazing... Uh, lobster bisque soup, man, this last night I was there, I had this pasta and seafood dish, which, um, was one of the best dishes I've ever had. So, uh, all in all the, uh, Verzi vacation went very, very well. And, uh, we all enjoyed ourselves. So, uh, there, that was, uh, that was that. Oh, I can't wait. We're going to talk about this McGregor Mayweather fight too. But first, let me get to your guys on acceptables. Here we go. Um, this is from Ryan. Okay, and Ryan's subject is fat mess of a cunt. So, uh, there you go. That's, that's a little, that's a little hot. That's a little, that's a little hot off the press coming in hot. Uh, not sure if you did the show yet this week. It's, uh, not in my feed, but sometimes delayed on my podcast app. Sorry if I double submitted. No, no worries. Uh, here goes. Fat cunt walks into the deli I work at with her fat family and immediately sits at a table instead of ordering. Uh, I can feel her energy from across the room and I could see her uh, shoveling through some coupons that I already know are expired. Her husband waddles up to the counter and claims these just came in the mail today. They expired a week ago. So he's, so he's either lying or just so fat and lazy that he hadn't checked the mail in a week. Uh, not out of the realm of possibility at all. 
All right, I thought, I'm sorry about that. I thought my, my son needed me. Okay, here we go. Not out of the realm of possibility. Paul, this lady was a miserable, waddling, <laughs> diabetic guy who, who'd still be ugly if she was an Olympic gymnast. She handed me the, uh, she handed me to coupon for me, uh, for me to double check, and sure enough, it was expired. She then scoffed at me, then crumpled up the coupon in my face, and while she waddled out, uh, pissed off, she seemed like she was going into a panic and said to her husband, "Let's just go to McDonald's." All I could do was shake my head and laugh. That's sad. And you know what, man? As as And that is unacceptable. Thank you so much for the submission. But you know what's really sad about that? I was talking to my brother about this. To eat good in this country, you need money. And to be healthy in this country and to be on a better diet, it's expensive. And you need money. And places like McDonald's and all that just kind of basically prey on people who don't have money. That's really what it comes down to. Because if you have $100 for a lunch you're going to get a really amazing lunch and feel good. If you have $8.75 for lunch, you're going to eat some fatty shit and feel awful. And the fact that they're working with coupons and they're going to McDonald's when coupons don't work, it's a sad thing and it's something that is going to ultimately land on their body and, and their, their mental state, which sounds like it did. So that's that's brutal. Uh Ah, here we go. Typical Verzi Effect show, fast food animals. It always goes with the same theme. I don't know what it is. It's amazing. This is from Greg. And Greg says, Paul, was leaving the job site yesterday when I pulled up behind this guy pulling out of a McDonald's parking lot. This group of animals slowly opened their passenger door and slowly placed their trash on the ground. Like by placing it, rather than throwing it, made it okay. These fucking animals literally drove by a trash barrel before pulling out into the intersection. I was about to get out and say something, but granted, uh, I wasn't driving in the best neighborhood uh, and didn't need to get my ass kicked in front of a Mickey D's and uh, be the newest viral video on Facebook. Put, Put these burger eating mouth breathing litter bugs in the trash compactor and turn it on um i'm sure you already covered it but who do you got uh in the mcgregor uh, connor floyd fight uh what's the early prediction for your boys in blue this year well i'm gonna do that i am going to do a uh i'm gonna do a giants preview today i am going to uh talk about the fight which was which i saw uh, I went over to a party, a great party at Bobby Kelly's. I'm going to talk about that. So once I get through these unacceptables, I will get into sports. I will definitely get into the fight. I have, um, I have my thoughts on it. My thoughts have actually changed on it. Uh, but I'll get into that in, in a second. Here we go. Unacceptable uh, for TVE from Sam. And Sam says, hey, Verzi, you know what's unacceptable? People who complain about Mondays. I get sick of hearing people around the office saying shit like, I have a case of the Mondays, or uh, you ask them how they're doing, and they say, well, it's Monday. Guess what, assholes? Nearly 15% of your life is made up of Mondays. If you're miserable for that much of your time here on earth, then you need to change something. Get a new job, a new relationship, whatever you need to do, but you need to enjoy all precious 
seven days of the week you have been given. You fucking dopes. Thanks, Paul, and have a good one. Whatever day of the week you may be reading this on. <laughs> well, ironically, Sam, it's Monday because I did just get back from vacation. So it had to have a little delay for the show. But um, I agree with you and I love the way you think. By the way, I saw this video. Google this video of this Navy SEAL captain or Navy SEAL leader talking about how if you wake up every day and make your bed, the first thing you do is make your bed. You already achieved a task and it makes you want to do more things. But then he just talks about life and he does all of this, like these analogies with the Navy SEAL training and life. And it was one of the most imp- like compelling things I've ever watched. It was amazing. And uh, it was just a positive, smarter outlook on life. And, and your thing, Sam, reminded me of that. Um, I look at Mondays as great because it's the beginning of the week. And once it's over with, you're, you're already after Monday. Like I used to look at things like that. I used to be depressed on Sunday night because the next day was Monday. But um, I found something I love. I do something I love. And what I do is I get to entertain people and use my um, ability and talent uh, to make people laugh and do that process. Uh, Days of the week don't mean anything to me because every day is a new day for me that I could do something fun and create what I want to create. And um, you nailed it, dude. Uh, You know, again, corny, cliche, all that. But if you you, uh, really love what you're doing... There's no such thing as what day of the week it is. I remember, you know, before the special, I was running all over the country. You know, I was in Phoenix. I was in Saratoga, New York. I was in Cleveland. I was in Boston. I was at the Montreal Comedy Festival. And I literally was like, what day is it? I didn't even know what day it was. I just, oh, show tonight, you know, just traveling, flying. All I knew was I needed to be in an airport, need to be on a plane, and need to be at a club that night. And I forgot what days it was because I didn't give a shit. So, yeah, if, if it's Monday and you dread it, I mean, everybody does it, but yeah, you should kind of try to do something else. Life is so short to not do what you love to do. It's it's really nuts. Um, so I agree with you. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for that positive reminder on TVE this week. This one is from Blair. Little League Unacceptable. Hi, Paul. I live in Williamsport, PA, where the Little League World Series is held every year. People come from all over the world, as you've probably seen on ESPN. The traffic in foreigners can be annoying, but I can't complain about that. My unacceptable is listening to parents screaming and even cursing uh, out the players during the game. Let the kids enjoy this experience and not act like a complete asshole. Thanks for the podcast. Go Giants, Blair. All right. Uh, I agree. Nice. See, there's a nice positive message on a Monday show. Uh... Let's see. Let's see what what else we have here. Um, let's see. Who's this? Uh, okay. This is. Oh, this is from Chris. Oh, it's not unacceptable. Okay. Oh, thank you, Chris. Chris is writing in. Chris, it seems like was at my special, maybe. Uh. This is, all right, Chris. Uh, okay, never mind. Um, what is this? No, I will, I will read this because it seems like you want me to read this. Okay. 
Paul, this isn't unacceptable. This is the second time I'm writing in. I just wanted to say thank you for the opportunity to see you tape your special. It was, uh, I was very excited about the seat that I had. I was in the center of the third row. I don't know if I have laughed harder in my life. Not to mention that I was able to get a picture with Alexis Guerreros. There you go. I'm a fan of his now because of you. I listened to Cooligans all the time. P.S. If you can forward this to Alexis, uh, I would love to see him perform more. Well, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you so much. I'm glad you were at the taping. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and uh, I really appreciate that. Um, here we go. The last one, everybody. Last one. Hold on. My kids are starting to be a little loud, and I told them not to. All right. Uh, here we go. This one is from Peter. Last one. Where are we on time? Oh, folks, we're at 44 minutes. I still got the sports. I still got the, the Giants preview. I still got the Mayweather-McGregor fight. Uh, what did he say? Yeah. A bit early, hey, you know. You stopped it. He stopped it early. You fucking, you don't fucking stop it early, you know. All right, here we go. Peter. Hey, Paulie Potato Head. First off, my brother, I saw your special, and I got to say you killed it. Congrats on the milestone, and I hope to see many more from you. Well, thank you so much, Peter. Uh, from your podcast, it sounds like you're a golf fan. And if so, you may remember the Travelers Tournament from a couple of months ago. Spieth and Berger ended up in a playoff after Spieth, uh, Spieth missed a birdie putt for the win. We were right at the 18th green, and in case you don't know, the hole is set up so fans sitting on the hill by the green basically have stadium seating. Okay, so, uh, so fans standing on the cart path can see over them. Okay, so you could see, uh, can see over them. Got it. We were on the path. Uh, as the regulation match was ending, uh, all the hill people were sitting uh, appropriately so all can see. When the golf duo started back to the tee to begin their playoff, they got a standing ovation. Now, you would think once the players were out of sight, the hill standing cocks would sit back down so uh, they could see. And the, uh, and the standers in the back can see. Nope, I'm pretty patient, my brother. However, does not handle stupid people in social situations well. He is... Um, Oh, I see what you're saying. Your brother, however, does not handle stupid people in social situations well. He is also loud. When he realized nobody was going to sit on their own, he politely asked the crowd, Hey, can you guys sit so we could see? No response. Uh, oh, if you all sit, then you can all see. And we can see. No reaction except for a few hill people turning to meet us with dead eyes and gaping mouths as if they were devout uh, of uh, cognitive thought since birth. Now people around us are getting annoyed at the hill standing fuckwits because the players were approaching the green and you literally couldn't see unless you were ducking between people's elbows to peek between the hill people's empty craniums. Hey morons, I see you strain <laughs> straining to see around people. If you all sit, 
then you can see. Uh, then all all can see. Remember the view from ten minutes ago. Uh, the same soulless stares meet us, and one lady even put on that "What's your problem?" scrunch face and shrugged as if to say, "Who are you talking to?" My brother met. <laughs> her eyes. My brother met her eyes, pointed to her, and ex uh, and ex uh, exclaimed, "Yes, you lady, sit down. Uh, you're retarded. In fact, everyone on the hill who was standing is a retard. You are all retarded. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Alas, there is no fixing stupid." Uh, and we saw uh, the winning chip in, which was uh, an incredible moment through armpits and turkey necks. It's unacceptable that these asshats couldn't form a basic th uh, thought to help uh, not only others but themselves, for God's sake. Lock these animals in a cage and force them to stand staring br blankly at one another until one of them has a thought. Which would never be. Uh, which would be never. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry if that was too long, but thanks for taking the time to read. Love the podcast. And again, we had a great time. It's a special. By the way, good thing they fixed the uh, the fire alarm. Uh, you know, I had no idea. Yeah, there was a lot of things that happened. I found out that I was a boot on my Lexus. They put a boot on my car out back because they didn't realize that I was, you know, it was my show. Uh, there was a fire alarm going off, which I, that I kind of was in the back. I didn't really hear it, but, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, that is all the unacceptables. Thank you guys so much for the unacceptables. If you are listening to TVE and you would like to submit an unacceptable for my show, please submit it to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Please guys, thank you so much. You guys kept them shorter which was good. Um, listen, if there's like an unbelievable story that needs to be long, I get it. But if it's just a, a, you know, kind of an unacceptable thought or whatever like that, something quick, the quicker the better. So A, I could get to everybody and uh, and B, we could keep the flow of the show um, going. No, I did not mean for that to rhyme. Now, everybody, uh, let's talk a little sports. Speaking of sports, I will be going to... LSU, was it LSU Florida Gators this year? October 7th with the tailgate legend Joe Bartnick, with Bill Burr, with Willis Whalen. It's going to be nuts. Um, but let's do, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about the fight first. Oh, Connor. I'm going to talk about um, Connor. Fuck the Mayweathers. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he can't even read. Um, let's, <laughs> I just need to, Conor McGregor is just, so, what do you have a book back for? You can't even read. Um, let's talk about the fight and then I will do a Giants preview, which I'm excited about, which all you NFL fans listening should, should be excited about this, this little preview prediction I'm going to give you. Some of you are going to like it. Some of you are going to hate it. I don't care. Some of you are going to be afraid of it. Hopefully. Uh, well, if I'm right, at least. And, uh, and that's it. So we'll get into that. Uh, no movies, guys. No movies this week. I, I didn't, uh, think it would be a good idea to try to see a movie while I was on vacation with my beautiful family 
at the ocean and we didn't have the one day we were supposed to have bad was supposed to be a Wednesday and it was great. It was a great beach day. It was actually a great beach day. Uh, here we go. Uh, I want to shout out and thank Bobby Kelly for having an amazing get together for the, um, uh, for the fight. I got invited to a couple of different places. Bobby was like, Hey man, you know, I was over, uh, hanging with him one time earlier at his, at his house. And, uh, it just, he was like, Hey man, I don't know what you're doing on the 26th, but I'm having this thing. And, you know, we do podcasts in Bobby's shed sometimes and smoke cigars. And I was just like, you know what, dude? I said, that's the day I get back from vacation, but I'm getting back in the afternoon. Maybe I will come at night. And it just worked out. My family was shot. They went to bed around like nine o'clock. Uh, I went over to Bobby's. Uh, it was a great time. Dante Nero showed up, Ari Shafir, Stu Paul Morrissey, um, I think this dude Omar and his wife. Um, I mean, it was a great time. Bobby's uh, wife, Dawn, who's so nice, and she cooked. Bobby had these steak tips that, I mean, guys, I'm not kidding. He had steak tips that I've never. He got defensive where I go, dude, I, I can't. I haven't had one of these in a long. He goes, never. You never did. You never did. You can't get them. You never did. I was like, all right, Bobby, I'm trying to compliment you on your steak tips. You can't, you never had them. You can't, and he was right. They were ridiculous, but I mean, they get a little, he gets a little nuts. Um, but he's so into technology that not only did he have the game on a projection screen, he had a screen that could float. So as long as a projection screen is on it, you could f- literally watch the thing in the ocean. He, he had this thing on floaties. Um, a couple times it like, you know, the, the app, you know, crapped out, which was bad. People were freaking out because people spent good money and, uh, you know, the, the thing crashed a couple of times, or at least on UFC it did. I don't know about the Showtime pay-per-view feed, but, um, look, I said before the fight, I thought the only chance McGregor had was in the first 30 seconds or first round. Uh, he came out strong. He won the first couple of rounds, but no big shots. But I have a theory now. Somebody brought something to my attention online, and I don't know if it's true. I don't know uh, what the deal is, but I think I don't know if it's a full fix. Listen, I was entertained. Uh, it went ten rounds. You got something to watch. McGregor had a couple of moments. He had an uppercut. He had a couple of shots on him. He had a few rounds that he won. But if you really got to think about it like this, all right, you're talking about a guy that's never fought a professional boxing match in his life, ever. Just a UFC star, okay? Never fought in, in his life a boxing match. And he gets an opportunity to fight arguably the greatest fighter of all time, greatest defensive fighter of all time. He gets an opportunity to fight a guy that's trying to go 50-0. and He gets this opportunity so many other boxers deserved, so many other boxers worked hard for. But, you know, since he is who he is and he did what he did in the UFC, and I like Conor McGregor. I think it's hilarious. When he came out in a fur coat and he goes, it's polar bear. I, I loved it. You know, I just, I thought it was hilarious. But um, there's no way that some sort of meeting didn't, has, had to happen. Something had to happen where it was like, look, you know, I'll let you work. You know, you could try to knock me out in the first few rounds, whatever I'm going to, but then once it gets past a certain point, I'm going after you. Um, when sparring partners of Conor McGregor are saying, 
he was better than they thought, but average, and that there's nothing really special here, and that, like, there's, you know, he's going to not even be able to hit this guy. And then all of a sudden he goes in and he's doing those light things, and if you watch the first couple of rounds, uh, Mayweather threw nothing. Uh... McGregor was throwing very light punches. Not once or twice did I see a monster haymaker from him. Um, so I'm not going to say it was full-on fixed, but what I think it was was give the people a show. I'm eventually going to win because I'm better. I'm eventually going to win because I'm putting this thing together and I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm one of the greats of all time. There's no way you're going to beat me. But I'll give the people a little bit of a show. Um, I think he could have obviously beaten him earlier. I did like how Connor stayed in there. He had some good head movements, but it was just never a. It, it, there was no real speed from Floyd. That's one of the worst fights you'll ever see Floyd Mayweather have. By the way, so that's the other thing. It's like, did twenty three months really make a guy go from that good to looking like he could potentially lose a fight to a guy who's never boxed before? Of course not. I think that they knew exactly what they were doing. They were going to tire this guy out. They were going to let him look okay, make it not look like a circus because everybody called it a circus, but then what ultimately was going to happen. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I think that what happened was inevitable. I think the time that they pulled it off was inevitable. I also don't think that it's a coincidence that Mayweather bet on himself to do it uh, before nine and a half rounds, so they need to look at it, But um, and also the stoppage. So, uh, yes. Do I think there was a fix? Yes. There was somewhat of a fix for this fight. Uh, it was entertaining. People got what they wanted. It was a a cash grab from them. It was cool to see the spectacle. It was cool to see the, um, you know, the big personalities and the champions and all that stuff. But this was a definitely a setup. And the fact that he bet on himself to, to do it, um, in nine and a half rounds, instead of a full 10, and that's kind of what happens, is a little crazy too, which means it was either fixed or he knew what he was doing with this guy the whole time and just let, let you know, let on, put on a show for people. But either way, it was, uh, you know, people are saying it's not good for boxing. I think it was fine for boxing. If anything, it shows that boxers are just way better than, than, than you know, boxers in, in the MMA. That's how I feel about it. So, uh, but listen, I had great food, great company. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch the spectacle. It was fun to see that happen. It was, the whole thing was a good night and, uh, it was a fun fight night. So you take it for what it is and there you have it. Um, the New York Giants, everybody, my New York football Giants will be anywhere from, uh, 11 and five to 13 and three. So I'll call it in the middle. I'll say they could probably ah man they're gonna be they're gonna win eleven or twelve games. That's what I think is gonna happen. Uh, I think that if the offensive line gives Eli a little bit of a time, we just have so many weapons offensively. Uh, our defense uh, is the best defensive backs in the league. I guess you're arguing. Some people want to argue Denver's. Um, let's be honest. You don't want to see the Giants. You don't, nobody wants to see the Giants on the schedule this week. I really believe that. As much as you say, no, bring them on, bring them on. Really, is that what you want? Really, you want to deal with that? You want to deal with Brandon Marshall on one side now, who's a big target that Eli loves, and Odell Beckham Jr., who's the fastest, one of the most explosive, most talented wide receivers, not to mention the second year Sterling Shepard coming in, not to mention this other rookie guy that we got from Florida State's looking really good. Uh, not to mention the fact that we have um, Evan Ingram, 
who's going to be an absolute stud tight end that we got from Ole Miss. He's like faster than every wide receiver in the game or is like as fast as every wide receiver in the game. I mean, come on. Offensively, the only problem is, you know, is the running game going to be average or better than average? And did the offensive line improve a little like they say? If those two things happen, if our, if our running game is average to a little better than average uh, with, with our defense and our weapons... Giants are going to be a big, big problem. And I love what I saw with uh, Jason Pierre-Paul on defense the other night. He looks like he's going to be a force again as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, you know, so yes, I love the Giants. I think the Giants are going to be a big problem for people. I think that uh, they're going to figure out any kind of struggles that they had. And I think that they are a playoff contender. I think that they could go to the, uh, I think that they could go to the NFC Championship game this year. Uh, maybe even a Super Bowl. I think Eli has one more run for a Super Bowl in his career. I think he does. I think he has one more run to get get his third ring. And uh, somebody said they think that they're going to go to the Super Bowl against the Patriots for a third time. I don't know, but I love how we're looking. I love how we're looking, and I don't think the Cowboys are going to go 13-3 and again. Uh, not just because uh, Ezekiel Elliott is... Hurt, I mean, suspended, but I just don't think that Dak Prescott's going to have that good, you know, to go 13 and 3 again, uh, two years in a row when you're coming off an amazing rookie year. I don't think that. I could see a little bit of a sophomore slump or people starting to figure him out, watch tape on him. Uh, so there you go. That's, that's what I think. I think the Giants are going to have a really good year. Really excited about them. Uh, Yankees are surging right now. Yankees are only two and a half back of. Boston, and we play them this weekend, uh, Thursday through Sunday, four times. So if we win that series, we could be tied or or take the lead, depending on what we do against the Indians. So loving what the Yankees are doing. And I'm devastated that Kyrie Irving went to the Celtics. Right when I thought maybe the Knicks, maybe, some hope, they found a way to throw my heart on the floor and piss on it. These guys know how to just devastate. Like, I'm like, all right, listen, if Kyrie Irving plays with Porzingis, I'm not saying that they're going to go to an NBA title. But to have that and then some other pieces they put together to be competitive, go to the playoffs for the East, maybe eke out the first series, something like that to give the Knicks fans something. No, of course they're not going to do that. Of course they're not going to do that. Danny Ainge is going to do... And by the way, everybody saying that it's a bad trade for the Celtics is out of their mind. This is an unworld... This is a, a Hall of Famer. Okay, this, this is a guy that... They do not... The Cavaliers do not win a championship without Kyrie Irving. They don't. Okay? You could argue he was as valuable in that in that uh, series as LeBron James was. Putting up 45 points the same night LeBron put up... Four. Now, listen, is he LeBron James? No. I mean, you need LeBron James to win it too. But... Kyrie Irving hits the game-winning shot. He was unbelievable in that series and and a huge reason why they won that series. So let's listen, Isaiah Thompson, a nice player. I've seen them both live. Great player, but let's not get crazy. Okay, Kyrie Irving, a healthy Kyrie Irving all season is as good as it gets at that position. Uh, so, but again, it's a bunch of Facebook people going, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I don't know if it's that good of a deal for them. No, but, you know, all all Danny Ainge has done is put great players on the floor with a great coach and be competitive. You know, all he's done has been a great GM. So, but people know better. People know better. You know, the same way MMA people are going, I'll tell you, Connor's just different. You don't know him. 
You know what? You just don't know. Yeah, you do. He's not a boxer. You dopes. He's not a boxer. He's an MMA fighter. He's a great UFC all-around MMA fighter. He's not a boxer. There's just something about this guy. I'm telling you, it's different. Yeah, there's something about a guy that's never boxed before in his life. He's going to beat a champion who's 49-0. and 0. You idiots. Are you, are you really thinking that? The only chance was in the first 30 seconds or first round for him to come out and throw a haymaker to a guy that hasn't been in the ring. And uh, no, he was no, he was 49 and no, but he was he was 49. My son is here talking. No, he was 49 and 0 before that fight, and that fight made him have the record of all time 50 and 0. Um, my little boy, my little boy is the best. We had a good time trying to take my little boy to uh, to the Yankee game. Uh, one of these days before he starts school, him and my uh, daughter start school in a, like a week and a half or something. But um, all right, guys, that's been the show. Uh, hopefully that caught you up. Plugs. Uh, right now, I'm just working on getting dates in the city after the special things have quieted down. Um, but I will be doing spots at the stand. I will be doing spots at Stand Up New York. I will be doing spots at New York Comedy Club. And... September 29th, you can catch me and my buddies like Giannis Pappas, a couple of other comedians. We will be at the Borgata in Atlantic City, one night only. Uh, September 29th, Atlantic City, Borgata. Hold on, let me see what day of the week that is. I want to say it's a Friday. Let me see if it is. I think it is. Come on. It is... uh, September 29th is a Friday. So I will be there. Uh, me, Giannis Pappas, a couple of other comedians to be announced. We'll be doing the big room. It should be amazing. So you could check that out. I will obviously keep you guys posted on updates with the special and all that. Please go to chassis.com uh, and, and buy that unbelievable powder for your balls. Man care for down there. Okay, chassisformen.com, also Amazon. Check out City Living Dog and Coach Mike. And, of course, all things comedy, everybody. This has been the Verzi Effect Podcast, episode 320. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you're at the beach, don't stand online like the fatties for ice cream for 35 minutes. Okay, go to the supermarket, get your, get your favorite flavor, take a scoop, and that's it. These animals online for 45 minutes to get a scoop of ice cream. Um, But we had a great time. I'm happy to be back. Everything will be on your regularly scheduled programming. So you will get the next Verzi Effect Thursday. That's right, four days from now. Maybe Friday morning just to give you guys a little time. Also, another Patreon is coming out. Thank you guys so much. This has been 320 Verzi Effect. Until the next one, I am out of here. Take care.